Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Welcome to TLDR Podcast. It is episode one, Larry Bird. And and Tyler King, this is the last yeah. time I'm going to use this stupid joke. Yeah. It's 133. We're no longer doing this joke, so it's, it's a great joke. I wanted to be the last one that had the last, it's, last uh, word. It's a great joke. It. It's not happening again. Um, <laughs> Until next week. Tyler, uh, how have you how have you, how have you been, man? Um, how's work been? I know that you know baseball's just about to start, so I know that you're you must be pumped. Yeah, yeah, baseball's right around the corner. Um, you know we are I think we're 24 days away from our opening day, uh, so it's very exciting. Everyone's ramping up, getting ready to go. Um, so yeah, it's very a very exciting time. We have our little um, our kind of uh, season opening banquet at a at a winery in Malibu on Friday night, which is always a good time. Uh, so, so looking forward to that this that that, that this weekend. Um, but yeah, so yeah, baseball where it's itching. This is the time of year where it's like the worst in terms of like withdrawals. I'm just like I'm itching for any kind of baseball that we can get. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, and we are what two months and six days away from opening day in the MLB. Yeah. Um, very excited for that because uh, we uh, James and I are do have an inaugural uh tailgate and it's happened only one other year, so I guess it's this is our second annual. Right. Uh, uh, right. Tyler, can you let us know when everybody starts to like everybody starts to like report to? Yes, yeah, so everyone. It's a little bit different. Not everyone reports the exact same day, but generally around like the second, the third week of February, pitchers and catchers will report to spring training, which is you know always the, the the best news you can hear it's kind of the start of baseball season uh it's pretty much right right after the super bowl you know um spring training pretty much starts that that same week and the spring training games will start towards the end of february um and then obviously we we're into spring training for a whole month which is way too long <laughs> but uh we will eventually get to, to mlb opening day at the very end of march so it, it, it's coming also this year we're too we have the world baseball classic, uh, which we'll definitely talk about on the podcast a little bit more. So that'll give us a little bit more of like um, competitive baseball earlier in March than we normally do get, which will be super exciting. So we're, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the, to the WBC. We'll, we'll definitely be covering that on the podcast uh, coming up pretty soon. Love that. Alex, are you staying warm in central Cal? Uh, kind of, it's been cold here. Uh, it's been in like the mid twenties overnight. Yeah. Um, everything is frozen pretty much in the mornings uh it was really funny the other day i got up to go to the gym and there was a bunch of ice on my windshield and there was a car like idling but parked just in front of mine um and like i was just sitting in my car like waiting for it to warm up and i like moved forward like five feet and i was like bro it's like 5 30 in the morning what are you doing like get out of here (laughs) It was a real awkward situation because I was just sitting there in my car, just like staring at him, like, "Hey, man, uh, <laughs> what up?" <laughs> That's funny. And then he drove off. So I don't know. That's funny. What What do you What have you been What would, What have you been up to in you know when you're not working? You know what What do you do to you know pass the time? I know football is kind of slowing down. I mean, it kind of is. Kind. I mean, obviously playoffs, but there's less going on. Are you knee deep in the NBA? What's going on? Uh, I am currently watching the Lakers Clippers game. I watched the Kings beat the Flyers in OT earlier, but more yeah. importantly, last night, James, this is for you mostly. There's a pizza restaurant like 30 minutes from me that's top. It's like uh, it was named one of the top 50 pizza restaurants in the country. And on Mondays, you can go and order a meter long pizza. It's only on Mondays. It's oh, meter Monday. Holy fuck. I went to do that with some friends last night, and it's so good. We crushed it. 
And then we went to go take, take shots at a bar. You know, typical progression of things, right? Well, I mean, I guess that's one way to stay warm as, as you know, trying to loop yeah. this whole thing together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <I love laughs> that. James, are you nervous? Oh, dude. Yeah, I've been nervous. I was nervous last week against the Cowboys. And now it's against Tyler's Eagles. Who, I mean, he's a fake fan. Let's all be real here. Let's, nah. let's get that out of the way. The realist. The Giants are a fake team. Tyler's a fake fan. Whoa. Oh, but we're gonna watch the game together. Fire. It'll be great. <laughs> oh, uh, Tyler will be joining us that Sunday, will he? Hell yeah, uh, yeah, he's supposed to. Yeah, he's supposed to. Well, good, good. Um, Only because I have to. Besides that, to. Are, what have you been up to? How you know? Are, how do you get your mind off of the off of the nerves that is playoff football for the 49ers? I lift heavy things. That's what I do. <laughs> um, also, it's like I like free things too, so it's really nice to know people. Because at this point, I've been working at my job for like six years, and I know a lot of athletes now. And if I go to a restaurant, there's a good chance I know something there, and I get free stuff. Like on Saturday night, I went to Farmhouse in Rogers Garden, got free dessert. That was cool. And then on Sunday, I was hanging out with you and a bunch of other people. We went to Heroes, and we had a ton of free drinks right before game time. That was beautiful. Free stuff is the best stuff. Free stuff is the best stuff. And you were supposed to be getting us free tickets to the Buffalo Ducks game in a couple weeks. Yeah, so looking for a few weeks now, I guess. Uh, I'll look forward to that. Uh, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna you know pause any at all. We're gonna get right into it. Uh, we're we're gonna start right off the bat with uh, with some basketball talk with Alex. Uh, a lot of things going on. I don't know when trade deadline is. Maybe you can give us some idea. But I know that's what we're kind of really talking about, Alex. So go ahead, man. Yeah, the trade deadline is coming up. Um, and kind of the first like big trade, um, like big trade of the season happened just yesterday uh, between the Lakers and the Wizards. Um, so Rudy Hachimura goes to the Lakers from the Wizards. It's now like the fifth player that has been on the Wizards recently that is now a Laker. Uh, going back the other direction is Kendrick Nunn, who has not worked out in Los Angeles. He didn't play all last year. Um, He has not been playing well this year. And then a couple of second round picks. Uh, I feel like the kind of industries like thoughts on this trade are 50 50. Um, They don't, you know, I don't really know what people think of, think of it. Um, You know, Ree is a former first round pick. He was a 2019 draft class, I believe. So like still, still pretty young. Um, But James, we'll, we'll go to you first as a Lakers fan. Um, you know, as they sit now, they're like a game out of the play in game and like two out of the sixth seed because the West is just crazy right now. So, like, where do you think this, you know, potentially pushes the Lakers um, in a positive direction, negative direction? What are your thoughts? I think it keeps them pretty neutral. I mean, let's be real here. And I've said it time and time again the biggest need the Lakers have is three point shooting. Did they accomplish that with this trade? No. I mean, Ryu is like, he's inconsistent at best when you look at his scoring totals. Let's look at the last, like, five, six games. 30 points. That's a big one. But then he had zero before that. And then 16. And then nine. And then 10. And then nine. And then five. How are you going to expect this guy to just hop in the rotation? And he's supposed to be a starter now. Because that's what Rob Palenka said. Or somebody like, yeah, he's going to hop in the starting lineup with AD and LeBron. And do what? You still need shooting because your guards are Schroeder and Patrick Beverly, who can't shoot. You still need shooters. This guy is a 6'8 dude with raw talent, but doesn't really get off to the boards. Isn't that much of an energy guy. 
and he has a lot of potential sitting right there. But Darvin Ham doesn't strike me as the kind of coach that can bring out potential. He's there to coach stars. And this dude is not a star. And honestly, it kind of sucks because he's going to take away minutes from Wendy Gabriel, who's been the energy guy. Some guy that I've really grown to love watching Lakers games because he's on the boards all the time, giving 110% all the time. Hustle, grit, that's him. You're not taking away minutes from him. And that sucks. And he didn't address for a three-point situation. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they stayed the same. Okay. Um, that's a really boring answer, but it's probably <laughs> kind of right. So I get that. Yeah, I think he's like a 33, 34% from three land, which is like average at best. It's not, it's not terrible, terrible. It's not, it's not great, obviously. Um, Tyler, as the other Lakers fan on the pod, your thoughts um on this trade and as a fake wizards fan, um, you know, your th- I guess like you could discuss that end of it too. Yeah. Uh, to be completely honest with you, when I saw this trade, uh, my first reaction was who? Um, I had never heard of this dude before, uh, to be oh completely God. honest with you. Um, so I didn't do a lot of research looking into this one, but uh, what it sounds like, and I think what the Lakers are banking on is, you know, kind of James mentioned, he, he, he has some talent. Uh, he, he definitely has potential there, but hasn't really, um, you know, done a whole lot in his career thus far. But apparently he's not that happy in in, in Washington. So, you know, maybe a change of scenery will will help him out. I don't think the Lakers have really a, a big track record of bringing in guys that were unhappy somewhere and then bringing them to L.A. And all of a sudden they're happy and like fulfilled and all of a sudden are a completely different uh, player. Uh, so I'm not that confident that that, that 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 can happen, but maybe it will. And I think I that's I think what the Lakers are banking on, that they can, you know, get a guy that, you know, has potential and they can bring the most out of him. Um, whether or not that'll happen, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I don't think they really, you know, lost much in this trade. I think, you know, I, I think it's kind of a, a low risk thing and hopefully it it kind of works out in their favor. And I think as Lakers fans, that's what we're all hoping for. But yeah. I kind of agree with James in the most part. Like it didn't really like, you know, excite me in the fact like, Oh yeah, now we got this guy that's really going to help us, you know, get to the next level. You know, I think, I think we can just hope for the best. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously has some potential as being a first round pick to be fair. The NBA only has two rounds in their draft, but um you know he was like he was a high a high first round draft pick um kind of a uh, a big deal when he got drafted um he has japanese heritage and he i believe the highest japanese born player or you know with japanese heritage like the highest draft pick ever so that's that's super cool um trade in you know at you're not the biggest basketball fan that's been shown on the podcast it's not a problem but you know the lakers have lebron you know, similar to your Oilers and McDavid, like, do you think with, you know, could, could it be like where, you know, James and Tyler are both kind of iffy on his potential, like playing next to LeBron, do you think that could potentially help him um, kind of, you know, exploit some of that potential? I mean, you could, you could always say that, you know, I think the Lakers have, have, have had a decent track record taking these, these players that have been iffy at best with other teams and, and, and turning them into something. And I think that that's what the Lakers are trying to actually go for. Uh, look, this is a low risk deal, right? Like high reward, low risk. I mean, you you gave up one player that is not playing at all. You 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 gave away three second round picks, which kind of is 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 miraculous considering the Lakers just seem to just give away first round picks like they're candy to to kids. <laughs> like like that's what they that's what they do. And so they actually managed to not do it this time. Here's, I, I think this is a good trade. I don't think it's great. 
And I say that because this this better be a harbinger of, of things to come in terms of a move that needs to be made. This isn't enough to get them into contention at all. Zero. If this is all they do, James is right. This won't do anything. Tyler's right. This won't do anything. If they if they then build on that and they find another piece that that actually matters in the in the starting starting side of things, like I think he's actually a rotational player, as James said. Like he's just kind of gonna get in there. And, and I think he can shoot. I think he's I think he's gonna be fine. Uh, you know, it's an upgrade over what you had, but it's it, it's not what they need. And I again I think it's good, it's low risk, it's high reward, but it's it's not enough. Do I think he's gonna do I think he's gonna um improve with with LeBron there? Maybe, but the guys LeBron's focus is winning. <laughs> I don't think his focus is making sure that there's guys that you know f- find a find a spot here at the Lakers. He his his biggest focus is is a championship, and this guy is not getting them to the to uh to contention. No way. Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh or hopefully Lakers fans aren't out there thinking like, okay, this is you know what pushes the needle in the in a direction where they're now you know a legit contender, but. Train, I think you made a good point. Like this could be a potential first step in what the Lakers are doing, um, you know, down the road through the rest of this trade deadline. So um, we'll just have to see. Um, he's in the building tonight, but not not suited up. Um, that doesn't surprise me a whole bunch as the trade happened yesterday and then they have a game today. So um, moving on to the next kind of team, um, the trade deadline is February 9th, just in case anyone wanted to know. Um, the Utah Jazz. So they've been pretty polarizing all season. Obviously, they traded away their two big stars. Um, one, it's working out. One, it's not. Uh, you know, we talked about how they were going to have a fire sale before the season even started with more and more guys, you know, getting traded. That hasn't really happened yet. And then they came, they started off with this like amazing hot start. They were, you know, leading the Western Conference after like 15 games played. And everyone's like, okay are the jazz kind of good? Like, did we all miss represent like who we think they are now? They've kind of dropped. Um, they're sitting at like, they're sitting at 500. They're like the eighth or ninth seed in the West right now. Tyler, we'll start with you. There's seven right now. Yeah, seven. Okay. They're this seven, eight, nine, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're, they're <laughs> currently a playing team. Uh, is it time? Do you think, you know, as we have two and a half weeks until the deadline, do you think the jazz, We'll finally start selling guys like, um, you know, like Clarkson or Conley or like any any uh, you know, maybe probably not like Colin Sexton or Laurie Markinen, but like any any of their vets. Do you think are are they gone or what? Where do you think is going to happen with those guys? I I think that that they're going to be uh, sellers. I think all the reports that I've seen have pointed that direction, and it, it is kind of a weird thing, you know, because kind of what the direction that they went in the off season that would would lead that direction. What we expected them going into the season. Uh, we were pretty much expecting them trending towards a rebuild and all of a sudden they started playing really well. But I think honestly, it's probably the best thing that can happen for this front office because I think those pieces are going to be worth more now coming to this trade deadline because they've been playing super well. Um, I think that's even a more reason to sell, um, especially if they're originally was, we're going to go in that direction. Um, I think obviously from a fan base perspective, it seems playing well, like why not try and add and see what can happen, especially in this, in this Western conference, that's kind of up for grabs kind of, um, you know, why not try and go for it? But I think they've kind of, to me, they've, they've started going towards a direction. I don't really see why it would make sense to kind of veer back towards trying to keep things together. I think it just makes sense to continue to kind of rebuild. And I think now's a great time to sell when your stock is super high because these, you know, that, you know, 
that everyone is playing very well. So you're probably going to get more in return versus if this team was, you know, in the gutters right now. So um, I think that they're going to be sellers. Yeah. I mean, and to add on to that too, like, unfortunately, Utah, you are what you are like as a destination for free agents. Like you're never going to get the big names. Um, Even, you know, Donovan Mitchell even mentioned that after he was traded um, about how like it's tough playing in Utah, you know, the weather sucks. Um, you know, Salt Lake City is Salt Lake City. Well, you know, we'll kind of leave that as it is. But trading, moving to you. We talked about the Canucks last week in a kind of a similar situation where like they need to pick a direction. Do you kind of agree with Tyler, like where they're going to start selling these guys off? Or do you think they're going to play the Angels card and just do nothing and be somewhere in the middle and disappoint people? Well, I don't know. It's it's it seems like it, there's rising belief that that anyone who's not Mark or Kessler is up for trade. Anyone, and that's exactly where they should be. This is a this is ever since the playing tournament came about, the sellers market has grown. You know, there's eighty percent of teams in this league that have an opportunity to make the postseason. Eighty percent. That's it's not usually the case, because. You know, the, you know, as we've seen, the standings are quite tight in the West, like tighter than they've ever been. There's 10 teams that have a chance to go to the postseason. So there's tons of opportunity for teams to be like, you know what, we're going to make a push. We're going to make a push. We're going to make a push. And the Jazz, I know, I understand that they're 500 and they're, eight, they're in the eighth spot. I, I think they need to look at themselves and say, you know what, we, we if, if we're going to do this right, we're going to do this right. We're not going to be that middling team. We're going to sell anybody that we're like ask for anything. The seller's market is huge. The asking prices will be huge. Get rid of get rid of anything you can. Get this, get the draft capital, get the get prospects, get whatever you can to to truly rebuild this around to you know around a new core. Um that's what they should do. Whether or not they actually do it, it's it seems like that's that there that it's going to that direction. Although, I mean, it's it's anybody's guess. I mean, they are sitting at a 500 record and and as we all know, players don't tank, teams tank. Does that make sense? You, you're the GM puts the put, develops the team to tank, but the players are going to play. They they don't want to lose. So, uh, you know, and if they keep winning, it's going to make it very tough for that. But at the end of the day, I think you just let the, the the players win. You let the you let your you let your veterans look good. Find find it find a, a trade partner. Yeah, you know. You know, st- you know, strip them, strip, strip them naked with anything you can because you can, you can, you can just completely rob them um, in the in this type of market. Um, even though you're sitting where you are, and and if you get a playoff berth, good, go go do what you can. But I would not be focused on this year because, quite frankly, you're not good enough. James, uh, so both guys are pretty much saying, yeah, sell everybody. I mean, Laurie Markkinen's been a you know all star esque player all season. He's been incredible. Um, so do yeah, do you kind of agree where like, you know, other than a couple of their young studs, like should they just be should they be selling or or and do you think they will? Like, do you think they'll actually pull the trigger this time? I I think they should be selling, but I do not think they're gonna pull the trigger. I think they're gonna keep those guys. Like I may be very, very wrong on this, but just looking at the timing as a whole, Tyler brought up the fact that yeah, they sh- they they're hot right now, so their stock is up. They were hot a month ago. Their stock was higher a month ago. They should have sold then if they were going to sell. And then Tyler also said that, yeah, all the reports are saying they're going to sell. They've been saying that, but they haven't sold yet. They've been like that since the summer. Come on, man. And they're going to bring it up now because it's close to the trade deadline, yada, yada, whatever. The same thing, it's true. Like, it hasn't happened. And if they were really looking to trade, 
why would they be playing Jordan Clarkson and, and Conley 35 plus minutes a game? You, you're trying to risk getting that your asset that you want to trade hurt. They've already shown their stock. They, they're vets. They have years of experience and they just went through like a major, like beginning hot streak. They've shown they can play. Why are you still playing enough if they want to trade them in every single sport? If you're going to trade somebody, you sit them. Like either in hockey, they're a healthy scratch. They're just not with the team. In baseball, they come down with some illness, and then all of a sudden they come through the dugout and let, they say goodbye to their teammates. And football is the same thing. They just don't play. You don't play people you're about to trade, especially not 35-plus minutes a game. It just it doesn't work like that. And at this point in time, they're sitting in the seventh seed at a 500 record. They are too good to tank now to get a decent draft pick. If they do that, they're going to be in like the 8 to 12 range. And honestly, this draft is all about the first two picks. It's all about Wemby and Scoot Henderson. After those two, I don't really know what's next, but this draft is for two players. And so you can sell your guys for next year's capital, or you can keep your guys, build some sort of an identity with the team, and roll with it that way. And I think that's what they're doing now. The timing is weird if you're going to keep them, if they're going to trade them. If they're going to trade them, don't play them. Quite simple. So there's the connection. Yeah, I I I see what you're saying for sure. I think they I think they should trade them and just continually like it needs to be like a five year rebuild, like what we're seeing OKC did, and now we're kind of seeing OKC slowly start to turn it around. And depending on whatever happens with our favorite player Chet Holmgren, like if he comes back, like maybe we'll see them, you know, take the leap next year. But yeah, you're right. It it could potentially come down to the this draft class is very, very, very top heavy. And then there's a whole lot of unknowns. And yeah, there's, you know, there's other teams that are just not playing well at all right now, like Houston, who's, you know, they've been trying to lose all season. They've been losing all season. So uh, somehow I feel like Utah is going to do neither. And they're going to trade like one of these guys. And then they're still going to make a play in and then lose that play in game. And then they're going to, yeah, they're going to get like the 12th overall pick. Somehow they're, I don't, I, I have zero faith the Jazz front office can do this well. Even <laughs> though they made great trades, it's like getting rid of Olegoder, like they got a ton back for that. So they did that well. But I mean, and maybe this is just the media telling us that they were going to, going to sell all season or all off season. And then in, in reality, Utah was like, no, we're not doing that. Like, we're just going to run with these guys and see what happens. So we got another two and a half weeks to see um, some, a kind of fun, fun thing happened uh, moving on to like our kind of second to last topic here. Um, the Bulls and the Pistons played a game in Paris earlier this week. Um, you know, not two, not great teams, but the spectacle itself was pretty cool. So I just thought I'd have the boys decide like, where would you want to see them, you know, like another international game happen? Um, you know, in the last, 10 15 years like the nba has become much more of an international organization or association compared to like previously so uh james start with you you got anywhere fun that you'd want to see um two teams play or you can pick the teams if you want yeah i'm definitely not picking the teams because i was not prepared for that part of the question i figured (laughs) on the spot (laughs) i mean maybe i could um well first of all i want to go to germany i think germany would be sick to play in uh, I think the Mavs should definitely go, and um, and the Magic. Let's go M- Mavs and Magic. Uh, reason being is because there there's a pretty good NBA presence in Germany right now, 
and, and part of the German national team, like the the Wagners are from Orlando and they're from like from the German national team. And uh I mean it'd be really cool to have a Dirk kind of given team play in Germany as well. And I think they should bring in Dirk as a commentator on top of that. Like that would be really sick. And German beer is great. And so it's just it's just an all-around good time to play in Germany for the for the Mavs and the Magic. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Tyler, you love, love Germany. Was that your answer? Uh it was not my answer. Um, so I went to the good old Google search engine and I Googled, you know, what countries is basketball most popular in? Because I feel like if you're going to, you know, play an international game, you got to go somewhere where basketball is popular. Right. Um, and there was a, the, obviously America's number one, number two kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, and it's the Philippines. Um, so I think that'd be a really (laughs) cool place. I don't know why you're laughing, but (laughs) Um, that'd be a cool place to go because that's usually a part of the country that, you know, places that, uh, you know, um, American sports don't go to as often, uh, it, it, especially with, with pro teams. So I think that'd be a really cool place to go. James, again, I don't know why you're laughing. Because it's so, dude, every single Filipino likes basketball. Like it's, that's not even like, that's not even an overstatement. Like every single Filipino you ever see ever. If you ask them if they like basketball, they'll say yes. And most likely they're going to say they're either a Laker fan or a Warrior fan. Like, that's right. just how it works. So Lakers, that Warriors, very, and the Philippines. Yeah, that is very true. Like, after Kobe died, there was a lot of, like, Kobe murals popping up all over the Philippines. So that is interesting. Uh, Traden, uh, what, where you got? Oh, I don't know. They The, the guys had good ones. I think um, – have they done a game in Tokyo? Um, I I mean, maybe like an exhibition thing, but no, yeah, they should definitely do a, a regular season game in, in Tokyo. I think that's, I think that that would gather a lot of, uh, a lot of love. Um, I, I also, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's enough people in this area and, and I say Greece cause I, th- I love to see the Greek go back home and play a game in front of his home fans. I just, there, there's less than a million people named like, or there's about, what is like 1.5 million in the entire country. So it's like, just not enough people, but maybe it's, it's a destination enough for, for, for people to, to go to um, Italy. Is also, it, it would be an interesting one. Um, you know, obviously I, I'm sure they've done one in Spain. Isn't Spain like incredible at, at Olympic basketball. So there you go. That'd be a, that'd be a great one too. Yeah. My pick was, uh, was Barcelona and kind of similar to what, to what James is saying, like have the, I mean, it could be Madrid too, but Barcelona is just a cooler city in my opinion, uh, mostly because it's on the ocean. Uh, yeah. Like have the Gasol brothers like be, be a part of it. Um, and, you know, they were kind of like the beginning of the like Spanish like basketball revolution. So um, I thought that would be cool too. But um, okay, I like all your picks. Okay, last thing. I don't really want to talk about this, but it's kind of a big storyline going on in the NBA Um Couple weeks ago or a couple nights ago, the Grizzlies were in LA playing Lakers, and Shannon Sharp was uh, sitting on the sideline. If you don't know who Shannon Sharp is, he's a former tight end, um, most notably for the Broncos, in the Football Hall of Fame. Uh, um, is also a part of one of those fucking ESPN shows that I can't remember what any of them are called because I don't care. Uh, but Dylan Brooks of the Grizzlies and him started like yelling at each other, and Shannon Sharp was pretty much like, "Yeah, you can't guard LeBron." And then John Morant's dad got into it and there was a bunch of screaming on the court. Um, Tyler, well, trading left, so he doesn't care, I guess. But <laughs> Tyler, um, do you think like this is a good look for the NBA, for the Lakers, for the Grizzlies? Do you not care? 
uh, I just thought we should talk about it because it was kind of a weird scene to happen at like a professional sporting event. Yeah, I think anytime you have fans and athletes, you know, in that much of a heated debate, not debate, that was a weird word to, word to use, a heated disagreement where, you know, the people have to be, you know, held back. That's never a good thing. I think, you know, trash talking between fans and athletes happen all the time. So I don't really think that's necessarily wrong. But when it had to, you know, when the game had to be paused, I mean, you know, security had to come in. Maybe it's a little bit, but obviously got people's attention. Obviously, people like seeing this kind of drama. Um, I don't think the NBA is starving for attention, so I don't really think it matters that much, to be honest with you. Um, so for me, it was kind of like whatever. Like it, I watched it, I'm like, that's kind of funny and how that happened, and it was certainly entertaining to see that, you know, interaction. You know, thankfully it didn't get violent or anything, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, trash talking between players and I think especially at later games when you have like so many celebrities on, on the sidelines like that, um, you know, it, it 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 can definitely happen. And I think that's just kind of I don't want to say it's normal, but I'm sure there's just so much shit that's said between a lot of those guys on, on, on the sideline. And, you know, sometimes it, it just goes a little bit too far. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly certainly entertaining and certainly, a you know, um, worth watching, you know, if you're a sports fan. Yeah, um, it might be. Yeah, it might be a different story if this was like in Orlando game or something compared yeah. to the Lakers for sure. But uh, James, what do you, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? The lack of respect from younger athletes um, when it comes to you know respecting your elders is ridiculous. Um, like honestly, Dylan Brooks calling Shannon Sharp a regular pedestrian really rubbed me the wrong way like shannon sharp's one of the greatest to ever do it at his position is a hall of famer has been there done that is three times bigger than you are dylan brooks and what, what have you done man dylan brooks like what, what have you done because really what i think whenever i think of you i think of you flopping terribly in college that's what you're most known for is that dumbass flop and you're out here talking to a hall of famer saying just a regular pedestrian Obviously not, because you get talked to like that on a daily basis by regular pedestrians, and you take no exception to it. But then all of a sudden, when Shannon Sharp comes in, you flip out. And notice all the older people, John Ronstad, LeBron, they all paid his respect and said, yeah, all, all my love is for Shannon Sharp. I'm on his, like, I get it. Like, you got to respect the guy. But then John Moran and Dylan Brooks were like, nah, man, he's, he's nothing to us. Like, y'all y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. Their respect levels is ridiculous and they're going to learn quick. I get that trading. Any thoughts on that whole? I actually don't agree with James. Um, they're not going to learn quick because they haven't this, this league. This is why I fucking hate the NBA. It's, it's the same, it's the same fucking drama every fucking game, every fucking year. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's great fun to talk about, but the players are more focused on everything else except playing fucking basketball. Like why? It just, it just boggles my mind. Um, I, you know, I, you know, I don't, I, that's all I have to say. I, I just, I, I, James, I mean, you're exactly right, but you're not right in that these players are not going to fucking learn. They're not sad, but true. These kids are fucking, they're all fucked. They're all of them. So that's all I have. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I, it was just, I just think it's a bad look for kind of everyone involved, but I mostly Dylan Brooks. Cause yeah um shannon sharp's like 30 years older than you and still kick your ass like that dude is still super jacked so good luck with that uh trading that's all i got for basketball this week
thank you very much. Hopefully, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe players actually start to respect the game, respect, respect the elders. But it's just not going the complete opposite direction every single fucking year. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. And actually, you, you, some could argue it's it's creeping into the other sports. So, God forbid. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about our own uh our, our own uh you know memories as young athletes where we actually respected our fucking elders when we come back <laughs> okay. and, and we're back that is called looping everybody uh Oh, Tyler, you're gonna you wanted to take us through some, to a to a quite interesting uh, topic, and I was extremely happy and, and excited to talk about it because two things didn't have to research much yep. at all, and it's it's just it brings you back. So go ahead, man. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, sometimes we gotta have you know some segments that are a little more lighthearted and just kind of fun. We're gonna talk about you know kind of get to know uh, your boys a little bit more, and we're talking about core memories in sports, and we're gonna kind of kind of go two different directions. Um, we're going to talk about good and bad core memories, both as us growing up as athletes, you know, playing sports and both as sports fans. Cause I think both, you know, we, we do this podcast because of how much we love just sports in general. And I think all of us have experiences as, you know, kids playing sports of, of really great moments and some really bad ones that have kind of shaped who you are. Um, you know, you know, that's kind of what a core memory is. And then also as a fan, you know, what, what, what are those moments as a fan that was, was good that, you know, got you into that sport or, you know, that, that made you a fan for life or B has kind of shaped you into, you know, maybe a negative version of that team or of, 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 of that sport that you still carry with you. So I'm just kind of curious to see kind of what people's uh, memories are, you know, you know, generally speaking when you were a kid, cause I think that's kind of, you know, when those memories are really the strongest for you. So I'm going to start off with uh, James. Um, let's go with the athlete side of things first, and then we'll, we'll kind of go around and then we'll go as um, fans for the second round. So as an athlete, a good core memory you've had, and then a bad core memory you've had, or, or, or if you want to start bad and go good, I don't care. Uh, let's start bad and go good. Actually, no, I'll start going to go bad. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Fun fact, my very first sport I've ever played was T-ball. Not many people know that. Yeah, because I, I never say it. But I, um, this little memory came when I was like probably four or five whenever you play T-ball. I don't remember the ages. And I literally have no other recollection of me playing in that season at all except for this memory. It's crazy. But I was sitting at first base, and the ball was hit right at me. And like as a kid, I had no idea how to react. And all of a sudden, the ball was just in my glove. It was there and I had caught the ball, but I don't remember the ball coming to me or me reacting to it. It just kind of happened. And that split second after it happened, it was just like quiet. And then there was an applause. And it was just like, wow, this was my intro to sports. That's what made me want to play sports more because of the reaction that that got from everybody else. Like, I didn't know what happened. I just reacted. It just happened. And all of a sudden, people were happy for me. And from that point forward, I was like, this sports thing is kind of cool. So I did more things. I stopped playing baseball, t-ball, went into basketball, did some volleyball, football. But yeah, that's my good memory. And it started my intro to sports. Bad memory. Um, this isn't so much childhood. This is, I guess, early adulthood. But losing in my very last, in the playoffs, my senior year for football. Because like at that point in time, I knew I wasn't going to play football again. I had just taken my very last snap ever. And it was a losing snap. And that's kind of, it's, it's hard. It, it stays with you because, you know, from that point forward, nothing will be the same again. It's like a transition into being a real, real adult now, because now sports can't be your, 
kind of go to. You got to figure something else out. And just sitting at that field after the game was over, it was pouring rain because it was in November. I remember just taking a knee and just taking it all in because that was the last time. Damn. Yeah, those are always tough, you know, knowing that, you know, a, a lot, you know, most people probably their athletic careers either end in high school or college. Um, and you kind of know when the end's the end, right? It's your senior year. And, you know, whether your team's good or not, you kind of know when that's going to happen. And to, for it to end on a, to, to end badly is kind of shitty because you just know, well, that's the last memory I have and it's the shit one. So yeah, that that's rough, but I'm glad your first good memory was a baseball one, James, that, 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 that makes me happy. Um, Alex, how about you? Yeah. Uh, mine are both baseball memories. Um, we will start, we'll start good too. Cause why the fuck not? Um, I was probably in like sixth or seventh grade maybe. Um, and, uh, for those of you who don't know, I have a younger brother. He's two and a half years younger than me. We both played baseball. So like a lot of the times, like my mom would come to my game and my dad would go to my brother's game or vice versa. And in this particular game, I scored the game winning run from stealing home from second base. So it was like a wild play. Uh, Like the bases were loaded, pass ball, the guy from third scored. And I was just like, screw it, I'm going for it. And I scored and it was like the game winning run. Um, And I remember thinking like my mom was at that game. And I remember thinking like, man, I can't wait to get home and tell David and my dad about this cool thing that happened. Um, So that was like a really core, like really cool memory. Um, And then the negative one, was a little bit earlier. Um, like I was probably maybe like the level up from T-ball or maybe like two levels up. I don't know what the, what the things were called, but, um, we were like this, we were the second best team all year. Like we won every single game except to this, to whatever the best team was. Like we lost to them, you know, a couple of times, but we, you know, we were 12 and two or whatever it was like, since you only played on Saturdays. And then during the playoff tournament, that best team lost in the semifinals and we were playing, I remember they were the Diamondbacks. That's the only part about it I remember. So they were the Diamondbacks. I don't remember what my team was. And we came into the thing, like came into the championship, like super cocky. So we're like, we've beaten them every time. We were all worried we were going to make it to the championship and then lose to, you know, whomever that other team was. And we got too overconfident and we lost the Diamondbacks. And I remember being really heartbroken about it, but it was also a very like good teaching moment being like, don't overestimate your opponent. Um, and I just, I remember that as like a very, a very, uh, very hard lesson, I guess. Yep. Sometimes lessons are learned the hard way, but they're the ones that you remember. So, oh man, little league, what, those were the days I'm going to get to that later, but trading first, what do you got? Um, mine go back, I guess my good one goes back to when I was, so in USA hockey, uh, when you're 12 and under, we call it, you're called a peewee. Very funny. I understand. That's what I was called, <laughs> um, as a peewee, um, I was a big part, part of my um, team winning state in up in Montana. Uh, I was I was I was living in Great Falls at the time. My dad was the head coach, and I was um, you know I was it was my one of my first years of ever being a captain on a team. And we're down, if I remember right, we're down by one with minutes left. And for some reason, I can't score any other time. But when a when a team needs a goal. In the last dying seconds, it seems like I'm always the one that fucking scores it. I'm, I guess I'm clutch in, in clutch situations. And we tie the game. Um, and then uh, we ended up, it, it was good enough for us to to win in, in overtime. And so to be a part of 
to be a part of that was it was a huge uh you know was, was huge especially with my dad behind the bench that was something very very special for me um and then i i kind of stole kind of james's age age time when i was an 18 you my my i think it was my senior year as well uh, of high school of high school hockey um we needed to tie the worst team in the league in the last game of the regular season to go on to playoffs the last the last five seconds of the game your boy ties the game again <laughs> so i tie the game and and so we had a russian coach at the time and i we'd never seen this russian coach smile it was the first time in in, in my time um, with him that that um, i saw him smile this was actually up in ontario here in ontario california um so that was very extremely special within a five second time the other team managed to win the face off and score a goal <laughs> the lead so we did not make the playoffs that year and uh all 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 i can remember is 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 five seconds and it still haunts me to this day all i mean i had done all the work and the problem is is i was on the ice i should have taken the face off um at, at that point i probably would just fell on the puck for five seconds even if i got a penalty who gives a fuck that's my uh that's my that's, that's my memory <laughs> I love that trade. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's so great. Um, yeah. So mine both little league because my baseball career peaked in little league um, as probably most people's did. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go bad first, I guess. Uh, and then we're going to go with good. Uh, my, my bad one was um, it was a year for me. It was probably like, I was probably like sixth or seventh grade ish. Um, uh, so kind of towards the upper end of, 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 of little league. And it was just a rough year for me hitting. I've never been a great hitter, but it was a, a particularly bad year for me. Um, so I was already struggling a lot. Um, and our team, um, we were losing a lot. Um, and this was a game where I think we, we were down like 10 nothing, and, you know, early in the game. And we were slowly working our way back to try and win. And eventually we, we got to the bottom of the sixth inning, which, you know, you play six innings in, in the league. So bottom of that inning, we had managed to get the game to 10 to nine. It was, uh, it was the, the bases were loaded. I was up to bat. I mean, it's like the moment you dream of in the league, like, like the chance to be the hero. Right. Um, and I struck out on three pitches and it was like the most miserable moment ever. Um, and I think it was like, it was definitely a hard lesson. And I remember almost wanting to like stop playing baseball, um, um, after that game. And I remember, but, but my mom gave me the pep, the pep talk of her life. And she, you know, she, 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 she kept me going. She, she even got me lessons. They didn't work because I didn't, you know, hit very well still after that, but I definitely kept playing baseball. So thank you, mom, for, for telling me to, 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 uh, to, uh, keep with it. Um, eventually found out that as bad as I was at hitting, I was good at making other batters miss with my pitching skills. So it ended up, you know, doing, doing pretty well for, for me. So that was my bad core memory. That was, that was just a moment of, that was like the worst day of little league in my life. Um, but the good one was um, it was a first game of playoffs for us. So the, so the first round uh, was kind of, it's kind of an, an opposite story. Um, so we were um, down by a run or down by a couple of runs. Uh, and it was like first and second or something crazy. Um, and we, we were the visiting team. Um, no, no, we, we, we were the home team. Um, so it was the, it was the bottom of, of last inning and I ended up hitting a walk-off inside the park home run. And I just remember like, <laughs> like the free, it was definitely like a, a, a little league home run for sure. But I just remember like, I, this is like stuck in my mind, like rounding third base and my, my team was on the third base dugout 
and everyone's just losing their fucking minds and saying like, run, run, run. I don't remember seeing the coach. I didn't pick up my sign. If he told me to not go home or, or, or what I got lucky, the throat just sailed over the catcher and I ended, I ended up scoring and, you know, and the, the, you know, the dog pile on, 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 on home plate and everything was like the awesome, the most awesome moment ever. So, um, I so, see. you know, two chances to walk it off. I failed at one, but su- succeeded the other. So, um, that was for me, uh, my core memories as, as a kid playing sports. So real quick, let's flip it around and go around as, as a fan. So obviously we've watched a ton of sports. We, 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 we still do, but, but as a kid, you know, I think it was probably arguably the, one of the most important things in your life at that point was how good your sports team was doing. Um, at, at least it was for me. Um, so core memories, both good and bad as a sports fans, uh, we'll kind of go the opposite direction. So I guess we'll start with trading and work way back. Um, the bad one, 2010, the Olympics, mm. Crosby's golden goal. Fuck you, Sidney Crosby. Cause that would have been the United States third Olympic gold. But that fucking goal guys objectively is the most ridiculous fucking goal I've ever seen on that stage. And it pissed me off as, as I was so into the Olympics that year. Um, if I'm pretty sure 2010 would have been in Vancouver, so you know they, they were kind of close to home, and just just to see fucking Canada take the gold off of that goal after Ryan Miller got the MVP of the fucking of of the fucking uh, Olympics, even though he lost the gold medal game, it was just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. A good one. Uh, I would say the Oilers making the Stanley Cup final and making game seven in um, in 2006, when I actually remember really watching the Oilers, they ended up losing in game seven because of an injury to our goaltender. Sad day. But to even to even be a part of a Stanley Cup final for with my team, that's the only time I've ever seen my team, um, uh, you know, make the Stanley Cup final uh, and in some cases, the playoffs, at least at least until recently. So. Uh, it it was definitely special for me and 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 my and to be there with my dad. He had seen he had seen all of the of, of the Oilers um, gold. I'm um, sorry, uh, Stanley Cup wins in his lifetime. So um, I think it was pretty. He was pretty excited to see me. You know, have my chance at it. Um, but alas, it didn't it didn't end fully. But at the end of the day, seeing seeing a game seven situation is is a, is it just for your team is just intense enough and is a great moment, even if you end up on the losing end. For a team that just can't figure it out. Yeah. Hear you on that one. Uh, Alex, how about you? Um, yeah, Tyler, I'm a little disappointed you didn't pick that flag football incident as your uh, partner one. You know, that was a that would be if if we were going young adult, that would definitely be the uh, okay. bad one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um I will also start with the negative. Um, I wasn't a huge Rams fan at the time. Um, but we always used to go over to my mom's coworkers house for the Super Bowl, and they did like the grid, uh, like betting thing, you know, like if the score ends at the end of the quarter and you got one and four or whatever, like you, you win that quarter, whatever it may be. And to be fair, it was my mom's money. So like, I don't really know how much I would have gotten out of it, but in the 2002 Super Bowl, when, um, Adam Vinatieri kicked the walk-off for the Patriots to beat the Rams, if he had missed that, I would have won like the fourth quarter square. And it was probably like a hundred bucks, but like as an eight-year-old, like a hundred dollars <laughs> is a lot of money. And I remember being absolutely heartbroken, just heartbroken. 
Um. <laughs> oh my god! I feel like that's a James story because he's the gambler. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so brutal, dude. Um, and then for the positive one, a couple years later, San uh, San Antonio Spurs, Los Angeles Lakers. Timmy D hits this shot like over Shaq, and I'm like, no fucking way, this is happening. This can't happen. And I'm like, okay, there's 0.4 seconds left. They're gonna lose. I'm distraught. And then my boy D Fish catch shoot run down the tunnel after you make it. And that was awesome. And I remember screaming for joy. Um, and yeah, that was, that was awesome. Uh, that was like one of my core, core, like Lakers memories early on. Um, so yeah, those are my two. Yeah, those are great ones. I mean, the Lakers were so freaking good when we were kids, man. They, 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 they really made some great core memories, but James, what are your good and bad core sports fan memories? I just want to say real fast, Alex, like, I, that was a the Lakers moment was fantastic. D Fish was my favorite player for a long time after that shot. Just yeah. so you know, like whew, clutch gene. Amazing. Um, okay, so I know that this is a childhood sports core memory thing, but I definitely went more young adult like because it shaped who I am today. It's like who you guys see today is because of these few things that I'm about to talk about. Obviously, we're gonna go bad first, and you probably all know it. Everybody who knows me probably knows this bad memory. But it's the Niners losing to the Seahawks in the NFC Champ- Conference Championship game a couple years ago. And by a couple years ago, we were in college. Was that 2012, 2013, I think it is? Um, or before that, I can't remember. But, I mean, the amount of just trash talk from the Seahawks after shutting down Michael Crabtree, it still irks me to this day. And it really made me hate the Seahawks. And it's it hasn't stopped. I still hate the Seahawks so much. And you guys all know that. And now I hate the Mariners. And I hate the Kraken. I hate the Seattle. <laughs> 20, all started from this. 2014. <laughs> Didn't the Seahawks lose the, the Super Bowl anyway? So it's okay. I don't care. I still hate them. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the good, good memory, um, it's when Kobe blew out his Achilles. And it wasn't the event itself that was a good core memory for me. It was what happened after the fact. It's him walking out there, making two free throws, on a blown Achilles. And it really showed me what an athlete is capable of, of what your mind is capable of. Because I know now that blowing out your Achilles isn't all that painful. It feels like somebody kicked you and it's just kind of like that. But emotionally and mentally, you're distraught. Like your entire world is just different now because you've blown your Achilles out and everything you worked for is now over for the time being. And like the rest of your career might change because of this event. But he still went out there, put his mind to it, nailed two free throws and showed everybody that he could walk back without assistance. And that just showed me as a human being of what I'm capable of too. Do I want to stay in and sleep every morning? Yeah. But if Kobe can make two free throws on a bone Achilles, I can get up and go work out. And it's the same mindset I take day in and day out and shape me in my work ethic of when I want to do something, don't want to do something, just get it done. That's what I think about. Hell yeah. Those are, that's a great one, James. Um, you know, so many good uh, Kobe and Mama memories for sure. Um, for me, um, the bad one, Alex, I think you can relate to this one. Uh, when every time the name Matt Stairs is mentioned, mm. I cringe a little bit. Um, this was a this was a time when the Dodgers. I mean, for pretty much my whole childhood, the Dodgers were terrible. Um, but kind of towards like when I was in high schoolish, where I think it was around high school, is when they were actually starting to get better and they were actually got my hopes up. 
that they could actually potentially win a World Series. Like they were, they were really starting to kind of get on on that edge. But unfortunately, we ran into the buzzsaw that was those early 2010 Phillies teams who were just absolutely incredible. But it wasn't fucking Ryan Howard or Chase Utley or Jimmy Rollins that was the killer. It was Matt fucking Stairs who had a pinch hit home run. I think it was like game four or five. Either one, it was like we had a chance to win the game. And I was so excited that we were, that we, we it was in the, in the NLCS, we were, we were, we were so close to taking the lead in the series. And then Matt Stairs comes up, pinch hit three run home run that almost left the stadium and just drained the hopes and joy out of my Dodger fanhood for a long time. And I just remember <laughs> like, just being so fucking mad at the Phillies. Like I still like, even when the Phillies were playing the Astros, I was like, do I, am I really rooting for the fucking Phillies right now? But that's what it is. But yeah, Matt Stairs, I don't know where he is right now. Obviously he's retired, but that is all I know about him is that fucking home run. And that just, just, I, it still hurts me to like, even I, I can picture it so well and just being at home and just being so mad and just being so sad about it. Um, so that for me, Ironically, is, he's a hitting, he was a hitting coach for the Padres. Yeah. I mean, he should be because he, that would do, <laughs> that dude was unreal. Um, yeah. Matt stares. Fuck you. Um, but number, <laughs> but, but my, uh, my good one trade in, uh, this is the more I remember, like, this is what got me to be a hockey fan um, was my dad just got I don't know how, but he just got free tickets to go to a Kings game. I had never really watched hockey in my life. Um, I really never pay attention to it. It wasn't really a sport to me that was worth watching. I pretty much watched, you know, Dodgers and Lakers. That was pretty much all I watched when I went when I was a kid. Um, but we got free tickets to go game and I was like, oh, I don't want to go watch hockey. Like I was being a, a she little kid about it. But it was free tickets. My dad's like, we're going. I was like, all right, whatever. So we, we go to the game. We go to Staples Center. Kings are still wearing those beautiful purple and black jerseys back in the day. I remember they were playing the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't remember what year it was, um, but it had to be like kind of mid-2000, like 2008, seven, somewhere around that time. So the Kings were not that good. Uh, I don't know how, how the Penguins were back then. But either way, um, it was just a game that I went to. Didn't know much about it. And um, I don't remember what the score of the game was, but I know it went into overtime and it was the sudden death overtime. And it was nothing like I've experienced before in my life. Like just the atmosphere was incredible. I never experienced this sudden death overtime. This was a brand new thing and it was so exciting. And the Kings ended up scoring a goal in, in overtime and just the shot of adrenaline in that stadium. I get, I got goosebumps right now just talking about it, man. It it, it, it hooked me. And like, I've been a hockey fan ever since. And just being in that stadium during that moment, it was like, it was incredible. So I've been a Kings fan ever since that game. Like I said, I, I couldn't tell you what the score was or or, or, or or who even scored the goal. I remember it was from the blue liner. I, I remember that vividly. And just like everyone at the same time, just shot up out of their seats and just screamed for freaking ever. And it was awesome. So that was my core memory. Uh, good one as a, as a, as a sports fan. So go kings go but uh yeah trade thanks for and and, and everyone else sh- thanks for sharing your uh core, core members everyone and hopefully everyone got a kick out of those yeah that is that is a great story tyler uh thank you um and you know i i ask i i say to everybody um you know who who's dabbling in in the idea of hockey go to a game just yeah. just go to a game i think i think that's what converted james to an extent just just go to a fucking hockey game doesn't matter who it is uh, go to a professional game and it'll, it'll change your, it'll change your view. Um, so, uh, that's, that's special. And I think I said this, I, I, I thought the same thing about baseball myself. I thought baseball game was great. It was a, it was a special thing. So, um, 
Uh, thank you very much, Tyler. When we uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the big, most important segment of this podcast. We have the championship weekend in the NFL. We are we are one weekend away. Well, technically two, but one. I guess one game day away from seeing who's going to the Super Bowl when we come back. And we're back. We have one day, two games to determine who is going to the Super Bowl. James has been very great at, at taking us all the way through the playoffs. Actually, let's back up. Taking us all the way through through draft, all the way through fantasy every single fucking week, and all the way through playoffs. And here we are. We are one day away, one Sunday away from figuring out who's going to the Super Bowl. James, take it away. Damn, Trey, you're making me blush over here. Jesus. <laughs> uh, anyway... Conference finals preview. Very simple. Like Trayden said, one day, two games. Whoever wins each of these games goes to the Super Bowl. Bada bing, bada boom. We're going to start in the AFC because it starts with the letter A. First in the alphabet. Number three, Bengals at number one Chiefs. Rematch of last year's AFC Conference Finals where the Bengals won 27 to 24 in overtime. I remember watching this at Tyler's old house and we were all just like very shocked at the fact that the Bengals actually beat the Chiefs. Crazy. Bengals this weekend, they beat the, the Bills and Josh Allen. Sorry, Alex. Sorry to your best friend. 27 to 10. <laughs> the Bengals honestly were pretty perfect from the very beginning. It was like pass, pass, run, pass, touchdown. That was their first series. They dominated in every single part of their game and even had a good run game. Something that we have not seen from the Bengals in a very long time. Joe Mixon had, what, 105 yards and the touchdown? Crazy. They shut down Josh Allen at home in the cold. And honestly, the ball was really spread around by Burrow and was only sacked two times, even though we had talked about their terrible offensive line. The Chiefs, on the other hand, beat the Jags 27 to 10. They're pretty much dominating on offense until Mahomes got hurt. And like, honestly, that Mahomes injury and him playing through it gained a lot of respect for me. He was at like, here and now he's up here and i know you guys can't see that but if you watch the video you can't watch the video <laughs> um, once he got hurt though it seemed like everybody else on the chiefs got that much better they tried that much harder the routes were crisper the defense played harder travis kelsey played more like a god that he normally is it was insane mahomes came back after halftime obviously he's not 100 can barely throw off that right foot but he's doing it and uh he's diagnosed with a high ankle sprain but he plans to play against the Bengals. tyler who's gonna win and why all right, so the Bengals are like one of those teams that are never going to be like the one or like the one seed, like the top team in the league or conference. But it's just a team you don't want to play in the playoffs. Like they just seem to find a they 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 kick it to another level, um, and they've shown that the the, the last couple of years. Um, I was shocked by how not close that Bills uh, Bengals game was. Um, it was it was it was it was pretty wild. Um, but like I said, I think the big story coming into this is going to be Patrick Mahomes. How um, good is he going to be with a high, high, high ankle sprain? Um, you know, the Bengals seem to have the Chiefs number. I think they beat them, like including playoffs, like three out of the last four meetings or something of, around that time. I think Joe Burrow is, play, is probably the best quarterback remaining in um, in the uh, playoffs right now, which with with which is the way that 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 he's playing. So. A lot of signs would point to the Bengals to win this game. Um, but I just 
don't think it's going to happen. I don't, it's just my gut. I think the chiefs are going to pull this one out. I think Patrick Mahomes is still athletic enough and skilled enough to still play elite football. Um, even with that injured ankle. And as you said, James, I think this chiefs team is just, they're, they're going to rise up to the challenge and they're going to do a great job. Um, I think it's going to be a really good close game. I think it might go to overtime again. We'll see. But um, I got the Chiefs winning this one 24 to 20. Alex. Tyler, I like what you said there a lot. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that these are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, I think that's like you put my boy Joshy up there and it's probably those three, honestly. Um, I like we talked about it last week, like. We a lot of us picked the Bills because we were questioning the Bengals' front line, and they held up just like James said. I think what did you say? Burrow got sacked only twice or something, twice. which is crazy compared to what we saw happen last year. Even on their way to the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl, and even part of the way through the season this year, um, the ankle sprain. Like Mahomes has not been like as mobile as a quarterback as he kind of was like when he emerged. Like he was never. Lamar Jackson or anything like that but I I don't I don't know why either but just like you said like the Bengals just seem to have the Chiefs number and I don't sometimes there's no like rhyme or reason to it it's just a thing and you got to see teams like get over the hump um you know and and win just like we saw the Rams with the Niners last year they needed to beat their rival to get to the Super Bowl we saw with the Padres and the Dodgers this year I'm going Bengals. I don't know why Joe Burrow has just been incredible. I'm just a little bit worried about Mahomes and his ankle. Um, and like the Bengals looked dominant against a very good Bills team in terrible weather. Um, I don't know what the weather in KC is supposed to be like this weekend, but even if it, even if it is terrible, it can't be worse than whatever's going on in Buffalo. So like, I'm going Cincy. Um, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm all on that Joe Burrow hype train. If you beat my boy, Josh, I'm into you. So like Joe Burrow, you're my new guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't think that the Bengals train can be stopped at least in the AFC. Uh, I, th- I think that the Bengals, look, the chiefs to me, they're, they're a good team. I'm not going to dispute that. I think that uh, Mahomes is the class of, of the NFL. I think we all can, to an extent, can agree that as well. I think Joe Burrow's right there, if if not at the, you know, right neck and neck. But I, I have questioned the Chiefs at times, and 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 can uh, the Cincinnati definitely definitely um, you know finished the finished their job against the 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 Chiefs earlier this year back in December. Uh, I know it's we're we're a bit further along, but the, the Bengals have only looked better since December. I mean, they they look they they had a perfect game against against a very what I thought was a very solid Buffalo uh, Bills team on the road in the snow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I look, I think Mahomes fine. He's not going to be as mobile, which I think is going to be a problem. We saw him run for his life last uh, last year uh, because of the pressure. And it, as long as that continues, I think I think that Cincinnati has a, has a big shot. Joe Mixon had a great, fa- a fantastic game. And I think that if he can continue averaging five yards a carry, I don't think that the I don't think that the Chiefs have a chance to beat this Bengals team. They are they are running on all cylinders. It is going to be close. I just have a feeling that the Bengals are just going to continue to to show me to show. I mean, I'm surprised that they made it this far after Week Four. Then you start to see, oh my God, this Bengals team is actually really freaking good, and I have to show my respect where it's due. 
I trust Burrow. I trust Burrow in this situation. He he is a guy that shows no fear. He's a guy that that takes these types of situations and makes the best of them every single chance he gets. And uh, for me, Joe Burrow is going to 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 lead this team. Um, it's going to be a twenty nine to twenty eight game. It's close, but twenty nine twenty eight. Wow. Okay. So let me ask you guys a question here. If you were to pick between coaching staffs, would you prefer Andy Reid or Zach Taylor? Andy Reid. <laughs> I, I think you have to give – I think you pick Andy Reid because of his pedigree and, like, what he's done in the league. But, like, what, what Zach Taylor has done with this Bengals team from, I think, his first two seasons, they had a combined five wins or something. And, of course, Joe Burrow has had a lot to do with that. But, like, Zach Taylor and his coaching staff have been incredible the last two seasons. Yeah, I so, mean, I, he's getting the best out of this. Out of this. Reed, but I think you, he needs a lot of credit. Sorry, Trey. Okay. No, you're fine. Sorry I interrupted you. Um, <laughs> I I actually would say Zach Taylor. He's getting the best out of, out of, a, out of, a, out of a roster that probably on paper is not as good, but he's getting the best out of it. He's dominating the ball both sides. I don't know. I have to give the I have to give my hat to Zach Taylor here. Okay. So the point I was trying to make is that Andy Reid has a better offensive pedigree than Zach Taylor does. I think Andy Reid can coach Mahomes through faster progressions and make play designs and script the plays in the first half to favor Mahomes. And make even if he can't run around, cool. We'll just run quick slants and a, lot, a bunch of screens and picks, and we're going to free up the guys we need and make it happen because that's what he's been doing with Travis Kelsey all season long. Right? Sure. Joe Burrow is great, and I'm not saying he's not. I don't like Zach Taylor's coaching style. I hope you guys know that. It takes forever in the playcock. He was gifted with great players. But Burrow, I, I'm, Burrow's awesome. He's really good. Uh, he's firing on all cylinders right now. But if you want to look at the rushing offense, the Chiefs have a better rushing offense. Traden said that the Bengals had a five yards per carry, but cool. Like Joe Mixon had one game like that. So all season long, he was averaging 3.2. We'd rather take into account one game or all season. Like the rushing attack for the Bengals is doo-doo. Not good at all. He had one good game, and there it is. I honestly think that Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco will have will be up early this game. I think they're going to be up by a ton, and the Chiefs or the Bengals are going to have to play catch up. And I think it's going to be, I think the Bengals are going to have a, a late touchdown and have the opportunity to, to tie the game up or go for the win. And I think Zach Taylor's head's going to get to him. He's going to go for the win and fail. I think the Chiefs win 27, 28, 27. Hmm. Moving on to the NFC, the number two 49ers against the number one Tyler Eagles. 49ers <laughs> beat the Cowboys 19 to 12. The offense did just enough to win the game, but honestly, it was the elite defense that was the major factor for that win. Brock Purdy was inconsistent at best, but he was able to make off-scheduled throws at the perfect time. And I know that's an oxymoron. I know I get it. But the fact is, like he was able to make something out of nothing enough times. And they also had a great third down conversion rate. The Eagles on the other side beat the fake Giants 38 to 7. Jalen Hurts looked okay. But honestly, I can't I can't say it with much confidence because it was against the fake Giants. It wasn't that much of a game. It was pretty much over halfway through the second. Like, what can you take away from this game? Absolutely nothing. Traden, who's gonna win and why? 
Oh boy. Okay. So I think that both teams are facing and both quarterbacks are facing their hardest competition this week. We have, we've talked about the, I've talked about the Eagles having an easy schedule and I've kind of blown them off, whatever they, they made it to the, to the, to the, cha- uh, to the conference championship. Okay. Now, now make it work against the best defense in the league. Alternatively, Brock Purdy's looked very good. He's had easy competition uh, up until now. His game against the Cowboys, as you mentioned, was inconsistent. He is very, he is solid at making sure that, you know, he's not giving the ball up like, like, uh, like uh, our boy, uh, who, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy was, you know, uh, there's not very many, uh, there's not very many times where I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? We do, we kind of, <laughs> we kind of say that a lot with, uh, with, uh, with Jimmy sometimes. That being said, this game is going to come down to the running game. And to me, much like much like the Cowboys game and much like I said during the Cowboys game, you have a triple threat with the Niners. You have Christian McCaffrey, who, you know, at times he didn't look he he, he wasn't game breaking against the Cowboys. But when he had when he had his opportunities, he took them. Eli Mitchell is, fant- is a fantastic uh, second back. And then you have uh, and then you have Debo Samuel that can that can take up to, to take an option as well. On the other hand, you have a very lead offense that you know, led by by one of the best mobile quarterbacks we've probably seen at least at least in recent years. He is able to move the sticks by himself. He is able to to uh, to convert third downs and that by himself, and that is notable. And that and I know that the 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 Niners have had issues with mobile quarterbacks in the past. Uh, Nick Bosa is gonna make gonna make his life hell, and that's the only that, that's the thing that I think is gonna be enough to to push the nine uh, the Niners over the edge. It's gonna be a twenty seven to twenty four game. Robbie Gold is going to win the game off of a off of his beautiful kicks that he practices over the top of the other team like all the time. I saw on the field, which is fucking hilarious. Um, I'm sorry, Tyler, I, but it's going to be a hell of a fucking football game. A hell of a football game. Alex, what do you think? I agree with Traden. Um, it's going to be a really, really good football game. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to the Eagles' pass rush trying to get after Brock Purdy. Um, and you have to admit too that Darius Slay and James Bradbury are probably the best corner duos Purdy's faced so far. Um, and yeah, you're right, James. Like the the Niners' offense did just enough against a Cowboys team that. Like it honestly felt like both of those teams kind of wanted to lose that game. Like it was ugly. Neither of them really looked like they should have won. Um, I I think like if Purdy can limit turnovers or if he throws, not that he again, not that he has really had that many, then the Niners can win. Um, but I I'm I'm gonna go with the Eagles, and I'm just basing this off of they're playing in Philly. Um, I think if this was the other way around, I would have picked the Niners. Um, you know, playing in Philly is not easy, even if you're an Eagle. Um, I can't imagine it's going to go well for a 49ers quarterback. Um, I think Jalen Hurts and that offense can do just enough against a very, very elite defense to get it done. Um, and if the pass rush can get there, then they've got a much better shot. And it's it's kind of just like, can they limit the Niners run game to just being a like instead of elite like average or above average and I think they've got a good shot um I want to say this is going to be kind of more of a, a little bit oh shit what did you say 27 24 27 24 okay I'm gonna go 28 24 just to be different but I'm gonna have the Eagles winning hey Tyler what is your uh, favorite prediction 
Oh man, I'm so excited for this game. I think this is what we've been hoping uh, the NFC Championship would be. You know, I think what really makes this game fun too is these these teams haven't faced each other this season, um, and I think they're you know very different stories um, coming in. And I think the quarterback play is going to be one of the more fascinating parts of this game to watch. You, know, you got Brock Purdy, this this rookie that's you know come out of nowhere and 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 led this Niners team uh, to this position. You got Jalen Hurts, who's had a breakout season, but you know this is his moment to really prove if if if, if he's a champion or not. Um, this is this is this is what it's all about. Um, the Niners, obviously, we talked about it week in, week in, and week out, how hot they are right now and how how great they're playing. Um, you know, the Eagles, you know, J- James, you know, I don't think that there's nothing to be taken out of that game last week. I think the defense was stellar and shutting them down. Obviously, yes, the Giants are not the most talented team. They're not they're not the 49ers, but just a dominant performance against a uh, you know, a, a playoff team is still something to uh take away. Um I think the Eagles are healthy. You know, I think kind of towards the end of the season, they, they were not. They're healthy. They seem to be playing kind of back to that elite level that they were all season that earned them that number one seed. That being said, I think this is going to be just just an absolute dogfight of a game. There's so many points to where these teams are so evenly matched. You know, I think there's some areas where, you know, the the the, the, the Niners are stronger. There's some Eagles, some areas where the Eagles are stronger. I think it all evens out. So it's really shouldn't come down to who has the, the better game, who, who who makes the better plays. Obviously, I'm picking my Eagles to win this game, but it's going to be an incredible game. I'm so excited to 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 watch it. 23-20 Eagles. I think I think the defenses are going to really kind of hold this game in check. I don't think it's going to be this high-scoring game at all. It's going to be like I said, it's going to be a dogfight. It's really going to come down to a couple of plays here and there. Um so 23-20 Eagles to the Super Bowl. I respect that. Um, but typically in the playoffs, what offenses lean towards and what offenses are successful in is leaning towards the running game. And you pretty much see that at all times. Good teams can run the ball, especially in the playoffs. And when weather permits, like if weather is crazy, you're going to run the ball too. You're not going to throw in rain. You're not going to throw in snow all that well. So you're going to run the ball. Guess what? The Eagles are 21st in running offense or running defense. Nine are the number two ranked rushing offense. The Eagles are top five in running the ball, but the Niners are the best rushing defense. It's going to come down to the trenches. There's going to be a lot of running this game. It's going to be run heavy, and it's whichever defense, the team that wins will have the defense that doesn't give up as many yards rushing as the other team. That's what it's going to come down to. It's The pass game is there, yeah, but at this point, it's a little negligible um, because I think that they are AJ Brown is elite, right? Cool. But then he has to face Charvarius Ward on the other side defending him. The Niners have Debo. The Niners have Ayuk and Kittle. And you guys got Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. Like it's it's pretty, pretty fair all across the board there when it comes to receiving and receiving options. Jalen Hurts is a better running quarterback right now than he is a passing quarterback. I'm sorry, like he's made strides being a better passing quarterback, but it, he's way better at running it. And if the Niners can figure out how to shut that down, I'm sorry, man. That's game over for the Eagles. Like, this Niners defense shut down the number three ranked offense of the Cowboys and held them to 12 points. That tells you a lot right there. Niners defense is on a high right now, and <laughs> it's going to run through them. And I, I I think the Niners win 27 to 19. Wow. That's the biggest bet I have out of all of you guys. I think that Jalen Hurts will make a mistake. Or Miles Sanders will fumble the ball, and then it'll be a defensive touchdown for the Niners. 
but 27-19, Niners win. Quite the, you know, qu- you know, quite the, um, you know, interesting take. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I think it's funny that you're the only one that has it so, so wide. But I mean, you make great points. Um, Tyler shaking in his That's boots. Fine. <laughs> Tyler shaking in his boots now. And uh, nah, you know, nah. uh, just kidding. No, it, it is going to be very fun. We, uh, I believe, um, San Francisco takes on the Eagles at uh, twelve Pacific. And uh, at three thirty, we have that AFC Championship between the Bengals and the Chiefs. So it is going to be a full fun day of uh, of of NFL playoff football. We're all going to be tuned in, you know, straight. I think three of us are going to be together that day. So um, that that's going to be an absolute shit show. Uh, Tyler, I will recommend bringing a helmet in case James starts throwing <laughs> punches. Um, we're bringing in another uh, one of our good friends who's you know who says he's going to be insufferable he already is insufferable so i told him to bring up a helmet because james will definitely punch him if if, if he goes (laughs) over the line so uh, no all jokes aside we we don't condone violence uh um, on this podcast i promise Uh, but that is it for episode 133. We hope you enjoyed um, and we hope you we hope you have a great week. Uh, there's a lot of great sports going on. Um, and, you know, if it you know, if you're if you're down in the just go watch a go wa- go watch a sports game. Anything all that kind of emotion is is uh, is great. It's an it's an escape from it's escape from your day to day. And you can see some some happy some happy athletes or some sad athletes, um, you know. Uh, you know play their play their game um definitely tune in sunday it is going to be a hell of a week a hell of a day um and we hope we uh we hope you're well and uh we'll we'll see you next time